Welcome to the program today. We are locked and we are loaded on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. The podcast all about firearms, the Second Amendment, and all things pertaining thereto. And you know me. Yep, I am your also lovable, huggable, squeezable host, Royce Bartlett, still reeking of gunshot residue, toxic masculinity, and an ever so faint but yet tantalizing whiff of the cologne of my people, Hops number nine. I want to remind you, if you'd like to get first access to all episodes, plus media content that other people just don't get, become a sponsor at Patreon.com for as little as $5 a month. Fi- uh, Patreon.com forward slash Shooting Straight Radio Podcast will get you there. If you are on social media like Farcebook, well, there's a page there, Shooting Straight Radio Podcast, where you can find all the links to the latest episodes, plus all of the links to all of the platforms that this uh, this fine program is on all of the main ones anyway spotify iHeartRadio, google podcast amazon music apple Podcasts. all the links are right there at the shooting straight radio podcast on farcebook uh, also if you want to hit me up with a message there with a comment or a question i always respond maybe not as timely as i would like to because sometimes i just don't see the notifications right away but i will respond and i promise you that or hit me up at royce at shooting straight radio com. Now, um, undoubtedly, many of you have heard in the gun world and gun world news a lot recently about how the ATF has been weaponized once again by a Democrat communist administration. And Mr. Biden, as we've been noting here, well, actually, I don't think it's him. I think it's those behind the scenes, of course. Uh, they are basically weaponizing the ATF once again, and they're going after lawful businesses for technical violations, or if they're violations at all, paperwork and clerical errors and such. And here's an article now by Tom Knighton out of Bearing Arms about a company that many of you are familiar with, JSD Supply. They recently got hit with an ATF cease and desist letter uh, for, and it's all to uh, deal with this uh, fallacious threat and non-existent threat from all these ghost guns. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're trying to enforce this, these new ghost gun rules as vigorously as possible to please their higher ups in Washington and to hopefully climb the ladder, uh, in federal agency success. So they are uh, trying to enforce this stuff. And here's the article. It says the ATF is going to enforce the new ghost gun rules as vigorously as possible. We all know this. However, these rules haven't gone into effect just yet. There are still a couple of months left before they'll really be able to do anything about homemade gun kits. Or at least that's uh, what we thought. Mm, it seems to be that they're already making some moves in that regard. Friday morning, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, also currently uh, colloquially known as the ATF, served JSD Supply with a cease and desist order. The order originated from the ATF's Philadelphia field office. It stated that JSD Supply could not sell both unfinished frames and firearm parts to the same person, no matter if they were purchased at different times. Uh, why? Oh, because they might build a gun out of it. Uh, well, that's the idea. That's why they're that's why they're buying the frame in the first place, or the lower receiver, or the other parts, because they have every stinking right in the world to build their own firearm. I've built my own firearms before. Ooh, yes, from parts. Yes, I bought I bought the receiver from one place. I bought a trigger group from another. Hmm. Does that make me a felon? If JSD Supply sold a frame to someone, then the customer comes back to the site and buys a, uh, a gun part. Then, according to the ATF, the company sold the customer a complete firearm without a federal firearms license in violation of the Gun Control Act. Yes, that illegal Gun Control Act, the one that flagrantly violates the Second Amendment of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. The beginning of infringements uh, from as far back as actually, actually the the NFA, the GCA, the Gun Control Act, is a like the NFA on steroids to a certain degree. But that was when the government basically took over the firearms industry very aggressively, I might add and created all manner of stupid, idiotic laws that have saved no one's life, nor have they prevented any crime. Now, I want you to note something here. This compliance criteria, uh, which seems to shift with the whims of whatever political party happens to be in charge, was created by the ATF, not by any legislative body. This is what I said so many times before, people. We have federal agencies dictating Tating law from the office, circumventing legislative process. This is wrong. There's a reason the founders wanted the powers to be separated, and they wanted the government to have to go through certain processes to pass laws. But the ATF can simply say, well, this is a new rule. This is a new regulation. Well, but it's not a law. Oh, no, it's not a law. No, no, it's, 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 it's a regulation. Well, 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 can I be sent to prison if I violate it? Yes, yes, you can. Okay, so it's a law. No, no, it's a regulation. And thus goes the little circle chase around the bush. This is the arbitrary power that they've been wielding since their inception, and it needs to end yesterday. I want you to notice also that this 
action against JSD Supply was not done because any violent crime had been committed by any of the parts that they had sold. No, this was just an arbitrary enforcement of a vaguely interpreted law. The article continues. The ATF, uh, this is actually a, a portion of an article from Amoland.com. The ATF claims this action is independent of the new rule change that was unveiled last month during the White House Rose Garden ceremony and is due to go into effect this August. Bull fertilizer. The order claimed it was it has always been illegal under the Gun Control Act to sell parts and frames to the same person, even if the transactions were separate. The ATF calls this structuring. Oh, and yeah, it is structuring. It's they're buying parts to build a gun or to or to construct a gun. Yes, it is structuring, and it's totally legal. The ATF has, dec- has decreed from on high that it is illegal. And by the way, it's totally legal under the Gun Control Act to sell parts and frames to the same person, even if the transactions are separate. Mm-hmm. Back to the article. Many sites sell both parts and frames, including major players in the firearms industry, such as Brownells and Midway. Yeah. Have you guys served Midway and Brownells anything? No. Maybe it's because the NBC News recently did a hit piece on JSD Supply. Maybe that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that right before you guys went barnstorming into Waco, there was a big hit piece against David Koresh. Yeah, it's, it's funny how you guys demonize your target prior to inflicting yourselves upon it, I should say. Yeah, it's funny how that works out. You guys put the PR out front, don't you? Yeah, these guys are bad guys. They're doing bad things because bad guys could do such and such. And, and it's possible for them to, yeah, but, 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 but yeah, just because something's possible doesn't mean it's illegal. Doesn't mean it's morally wrong. I mean, I own tomahawks. Tomahawks are made for fighting other human beings. I own knives that are meant for combat. And you know what? I've never used either of them, any of them aggressively towards my fellow man, nor do I have any intentions whatsoever. Simply owning an object does not declare your intentions to use them feloniously. So um, it basically, after they did the hit piece on JSD supply, uh, then it was politically acceptable to go after them uh, with this cease and desist later. Uh, a letter, I'm sorry. And so uh, the writer, Tom Knighton, says, honestly, folks, this is disgusting. And it's also why the ATF and gun owners have such a stormy relationship. There's absolutely no reason for this. The truth of the matter is that I really don't see how structuring is illegal in the first place. Either the frame is a gun or it isn't. If it's not, then it doesn't matter what else is sold with it. Amen, Mr. Knighton. So there's really no difference between someone buying an incomplete frame from one dealer and a parts kit from another, because I, your host, am boldly declaring that I have done exactly that when I built an AR-15. Yes, I bought a frame from one local dealer, and I bought a a trigger kit from another dealer. 
It's totally freaking legal. Where do you guys get the idea that you're only allowed to buy the part and they have to stay apart? Where's the sense in this? So a gun grabber, he, he writes, Mr. Knighton writes, a gun grabber might ask, why would you do that, structuring, unless you're trying to skirt the rules? Well, my Royce's immediately re, uh, immediate reply would be, the rules themselves are illegal and violate the supreme law of the land. Others might say, like Mr. Knighton wrote, well, because one place has a better price on an incomplete receiver than the place I want to get the other parts from. Well, maybe I like company X's unfinished frames, but company Y's slides and trigger groups. The fact of the matter is we don't have to justify our purchases for any lawful good to anyone. And then he says, I don't see how JSD Supply did anything wrong. Amen, Mr. Knighton. Since, again, I'm going to say, since when does ownership of something prove intent? Since when does ownership of a weapon prove that you intend to use it feloniously? Gun, axe, knife, bow and arrows, etc. Multiple states and cities now seeking to ban this media-created menace known as ghost guns, like San Jose, uh, Kansas now, there's an argument there, they're trying to ban them, and other communist-occupied territories, they're seeking to ban these things, because why? Well, because bad guys could use them, and it'd be hard to trace the gun to their crime. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times it's hard to trace the gun to their crime because they obliterate the serial number, or it's a stolen firearm. And the search ends at the person who lawfully bought it and then later filed a police report if they noticed it was gone at all. Uh, what about the Texas company that's suing the DOJ over the latest uh, ruling upon this? Hmm? Uh, yeah, Division 80. Uh, it's a Galveston, uh, uh, Texas company. They are basically bringing, according to this one article, some heavy legal artillery in its suit against the Department of Justice, including former ATF acting director Michael Sullivan, who argues that the changes the Department of Justice is trying to make should take place via a vote in Congress, not an executive branch rule change. Amen and amen. That's exactly right. Again, that's what I said originally. Since when do these guys have rulemaking, lawmaking authority? It's one thing if they're actually enforcing justly made laws, even if the laws do violate the Constitution. But the, that's not what they're doing. No, they have extrajudicial power. Mr. Sullivan, uh, who lives in Boston, and Austin-based co-counsel Corey Liu, who previously worked as assistant general counsel to Governor Greg Abbott, and as a law clerk to Senator Ted Cruz, said in a joint statement, the aim of this suit is to prevent the Biden administration from politically weaponizing the ATF and adopting an unlawful regulation known as the final rule. Boy, that just sounds ominous. Without Congress's approval, the company thinks the new regulation unlawfully seeks to put law-abiding American companies like Division 80 out of business. And that is the that's it right there this is what i've been saying they're weaponizing the atf against the lawful gun industry and the reason being is they want to cut off the lawful supply of arms to we the people i've said it here repeatedly here's more proof 
and I'm sure more will be coming forthwith. It said the lawsuit highlights what the company sees as the White House's backdoor solution to this policy conundrum. Businesses like Division 80 were forced by Biden's Justice Department and ATF to heed a revised federal regulation that limits their rights. Uh, And who revised it? That's right, the ATF. Oh, that's right, because they can change their mind anytime they want. They can tell you first out of one side of their mouth, no, bump stocks are not machine guns. They're simply plastic accessories. Oh, and suddenly, yes, this happened under the the Trump administration. Suddenly, with a little bit of pressure from on high, oh, yeah, they're machine guns. Yeah, we changed our mind. They're machine guns now. And if you get caught with one, you're going to prison for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. The company says this new rule, quote, unlawfully rewrites federal law and repudiates ATF's long, longstanding legal position on receiver blanks, because it does. Businesses were forced to comply with the new mandate that the former classifications of these parts are no longer, quote, valid or authoritative, despite the fact that no law prevents them from operating, the company says. Frustrated with the constitutional process of bicameralism and presentment, President Biden politically pressured the Justice Department and ATF to take unilateral executive action to accomplish his failed policy agenda, the suit says. And here's a really good point. If item A can readily be made into item B, it is not, by definition, yet Item B, it's still item A, regardless of its capability. Mm-hmm. That's why frames are, are just that. They're frames. That's why lower receivers are just that, lower receivers. Whenever we sell lower receivers where I work, we even write on the ATF 4473 form, other, and put the note in there, lower receiver. Hmm. It's amazing. People have to go through a background check just to buy that piece of metal that couldn't harm anybody unless maybe you punch somebody in the face with it. The suit continues. The final rule abuses the English language in order to expand ATS regulatory jurisdiction to cover materials that can, quote, readily, unquote, be made into regulated products. This attempt to drastically expand ATS regulatory jurisdiction is in excess of ATS statutory authority. Amen. In classification determinations issued to manufacturers, ATF has stated that receiver blanks do not meet the definition of a regulated firearm under federal law. ATF has defended these classification uh, determinations in litigation brought by gun control activists. But the final rule expressly repudiates ATF's prior classification determinations. This is what I'm talking about, people. One week it can be, no, bump stocks are not machine guns. And next week, yep, bump stocks are machine guns. We've determined it. Okay, does that mean you were wrong before? No, you, you know what it also means? It means that you're wrong again. Uh-huh. Now, I could go on and on with a bunch more technical data here, but I think I think we've made the point. And the point being is the ATF writes rules and writes laws from on high that can change definitions on a whim, on, uh, uh, on the whim of the Democrat communists sitting in the White House, 
and they can be weaponized at a moment's notice against the industry itself. And yes, they have been and will continue to be because of the continued assault on the Second Amendment and the supply of firearms to the general public. That's really what it boils down to. We're going to take a brief commercial time out here and come back with some more on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. So stick around or I'm going to send Captain Rob and his listener retention squad out to your house. And you don't want that. So you better stick around. Be right back. The Shooting Straight Radio podcast is proudly sponsored in part by The Gun Sight in Merritt Island with a nine-lane, 25-yard indoor shooting range, handgun and machine gun rentals, a fully stocked gun store with plenty of long guns, handguns, ammunition, and accessories to choose from. They're your one-stop shop in Merritt Island for all things necessary to responsibly exercise your Second Amendment right. Check them out at gunsightrange.com or stop by in person at 125 South Banana River Drive. And make sure you tell them that you heard about the gun site on the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. Hey y'all, Rock and Rock and Sigurd here. I'd like to take a second and thank y'all for supporting Royce and the Shooting Straight Podcast. Uh, known the man for a number of years now, advertised on the show for, oh, basically ever since I met the man, and uh, don't think that we, and he doesn't appreciate the support that you give him. As y'all know, I am a licensed gun dealer, so if you're looking for firearms, you need to sell some, like to trade some, you can reach me at 561-445-0429, either by calling me or texting me. Inventory's pretty good right now. Something else I'd like to say is, you know it, I know it, everybody with a brain knows it. Something just don't feel quite right right now. Trust your gut, folks. Take care of each other. And never forget, taxation is theft. Sigurman, godfather of the Dirty Hippie Mafia. Freedom Guns at Rockledge, just north of Rockledge High School, on the opposite side of the road, 1255 Florida Avenue, Suite A. You can check them out at freedom-guns.com. And better yet, just stop in there in person and meet Mike and his son, Mike, and Dennis and the rest of the crew out there. Got a great selection of handguns, long guns, ammunition, accessories, holsters, magazines. What are you looking for? Mike and the boys got you covered out there at Freedom Guns. If you need a nice big Liberty safe to stow all them guns in, well, he offers those too. He's got a floor full of them out there you can look at, and he offers free delivery and installation. Again, check them out at freedom-guns.com. When you stop down there or if you're out of state and you call and maybe order a gun from him and have it shipped to your dealer, make sure you tell him you heard about him on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. The American Police Hall of Fame, proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Who are we? We are the keepers of the history of individual law enforcement officers. We are a facility that honors the fallen and supports their families. We are a training facility that teaches civilians how to be their own first responder. 
We are a venue that offers free tactical and strategic training for sworn officers. We are a great place to visit and learn. Go to APHF.org to find out more. And mega thank yous to the Gunsight, Rock and Rod Rao, the godfather of the dirty hippie mafia of Sigerman, Freedom Guns, and the American Police Hall of Fame. You guys rock. I sincerely appreciate your continued sponsorship and keeping this program alive. I tell you, it means a lot to me, and I think my listeners believe that way too. So bless you all. Now let's get back to some things here. Um, what's kind of shocking is in the face of all of this heavy handedness against the gun industry and gun owners and everything else and the constant propaganda war against us all that the ninth circuit court of appeals, which is really shocking because these guys are as liberal communist as liberal communists can be, or at least that's been their reputation over the years. But recently, I don't know if you remember, President Trump appointed two, diff- two new justices to uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And here's a decision that has actually come down in favor of sensibility, number one, and the Constitution, number two. And it's proof that a broken clock can be right twice a day even. So the here's the article by A.W.R. Hawkins. It says a three-judge panel for the U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit struck down California's ban on semi-automatic rifle sales to 18 to 20-year-olds today. What? Are you kidding me? Really? You understand the implications of this. And this article from a couple of days ago, so it wasn't, you know, actually this was Wednesday, I'm sorry. Um, Do you understand the implications of this? Like the Parkland bill here in Florida that became law in 2018, it was pushed through on the wave of emotion that was created by the Parkland shooting by some demon-infested little snot nose who should have been in, sitting in prison when he did what he did. But I digress. 18 to 20-year-olds had their right to buy long guns stripped from them. And yes, my older son was one of them. He woke up that morning with the right to go purchase an AR-15 if he so chose to do it. He was actually going to do it because I told him, go get it now, son. Uh, He lollygagged, and next thing you know, he wasn't able to buy it by 3 o'clock that afternoon. Mm Mm-hmm. Back to the article. The suit against the law was brought by the Second Amendment Foundation. I tell you what, join those guys. They are butt kickers. And joined by the Firearms Policy Coalition, another great organization, become a member. Uh, Firearms Policy Foundation, Cal Guns Foundation, or California Guns Foundation, po- uh, Poway Weapons and Gear, and PWG Range, North County Shooting Center Incorporated, BB Family Arms and Munitions, and Matthew Jones, as well as two other private citizens. So apparently these guys were piling on. Good. A federal appeals court has ruled that California's ban on the sale of semi-automatic weapons to adults under age 21 is unconstitutional. Good, because it is. In a 2-1 ruling, a panel said that the law violates the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Is this not stunning coming out of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals? Yes, it is. 
The panel's majority opinion was written by Judge Ryan Nelson and joined by Judge Kenneth Lee, both of whom were appointed by former President Donald Trump. Nelson wrote in his opinion, The Second Amendment protects the right of young adults to keep and bear arms, which includes the right to purchase them. The district court reasoned otherwise and held that the laws did not burden the Second Amendment rights at all. That was legal error. Amen. The district court erred by applying intermediate scrutiny rather than strict scrutiny to the semi-automatic centerfire rifle ban. And even under immediate scrutiny, this ban likely violates the Second Amendment because it fails the reasonable fit test. Second Amendment Foundation founder and executive vice president Alan Gottlieb responded to the ruling, saying, we are delighted with the opinion. I am, too. The court majority rightly recognized that delaying the exercise of a right until age 21 does irreparable harm. It also applied strict scrutiny to the semi-auto ban. Now, I want you to I want you to pick up on something that he said there. He said. Delaying the exercise of a right until age 21 does irreparable harm. You say, all right, who's harmed by that? Everybody whose rights are violated. Do you understand the nature of rights? You understand what they are. You understand that they are very, very real property, that we own them. And if we allow the slightest infringement of it, it could lead to a snowball effect that literally could put us in grave danger, physical danger by our own government. So that's not a hyperbolic statement he made there. It does irreparable harm. Back to the article. It said the case is Jones versus Bonta, number 256174 in the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. So hats off. I tell you what, that's awesome. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. But uh, it, it, this is proof, and this is bold and glaring evidence as to the reason why we need constitutionally-minded judges sitting on benches, because there are activist judges that filled those seats earlier. And if you don't believe me, look up some of the, the idiotic rulings made by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals prior to this ruling. It will stun you. So there we have it in California. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is actually ruling the California's ban on 18 to 20 year olds owning uh, or purchasing and, and owning semi-automatic rifles. And it, so it, that in and of itself gives me a, a ray of hope and rightfully so. But now there is an actual pro-gun politician in New Jersey who is actually sponsoring a, 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 gra- a, a what should I drafting and sponsoring bills aimed at protecting the Second Amendment rights of New Jersey residents? Good, because you want to talk about a state that's under the iron fist of its government in regards to the Second Amendment. It's New Jersey. And here's the article by Cam Edwards. It says when Ed Durer knocked off New Jersey State Senate President Steve Sweeney last fall, it sent shockwaves rippling through the state's political establishment. Now, Durer is hoping to use his new position in the state legislature to claw back some of the Second Amendment rights that residents have lost over the decades, and the first five of what he promises will be a package of 15 separate pro-gun bills has now been unveiled. 
Now, I want you to just take a step back and listen to this for just a second. You understand if we defended our rights as vigorously as the government infringes them, especially on the state level like New Jersey, you understand if we defended our rights with the same zeal and vigor that they put forth into violating them, we'd be called terrorists. Just throwing that out there for you. Now, let's take a look at these bills that Mr. Durer, Mr. Ed Durer in New Jersey is um, is uh, posting, is trying to get passed in New Jersey. SB 2486 allows active duty members of the United States military to carry firearms at all times. Good. SB 2484 allows honorably discharged veterans of the U.S. Armed Forces or National Guard to carry handguns. Well, I hope that, hope that means at all times, too. Uh, Senate Bill 2490 repeals the Extreme Risk Protection Order Act of 2018. Yeah, those are the red flag laws. Yeah, we had that happen to us down here in Florida, too. Thank you, Mr. Rubio. Mm-hmm that violates our Fourth Amendment rights with impunity. That's what this is. Extreme Risk Protection Order Act of 2018 is the red flag law. It allows legally owned guns to be seized by the courts, denying owners the presumption of innocence that is a basic tenet of the justice system, the article states. SB 2488 removes capacity limits for ammunition magazines. Good as it should. There's no reason that lawful citizens shouldn't be able to own exactly the same magazine capacities as the state police and other governing forces there in New Jersey. Uh, Senate Bill 2602 eliminates the 30-day waiting period between handgun purchases. Yeah, because if you buy a handgun in New Jersey, you have to wait 30 days before you can purchase another one. Well, what if you need to get one for yourself and for your wife? Because maybe there's been some threats against you, or you're both uh, owners of a store or a shop. Huh? I mean, both of you need a gun. Both of you need training, too. But both of you need a gun. Oh, no, you got to wait 30 days. Um, why? Is it stopping criminals? I mean, do you really think that the gun sales in the underground market adopt those same laws when they're passed? You think that the gangbangers say, hey, man, yeah, I need a piece. Oh, hold up there, brother. I just sold you a piece uh, like, what, 10 days ago. Uh, you know the law. The law says you got to wait 30 days before I can sell you another piece. Oh, man, come on, man. I, I, I need another piece of I, I sold that one to my buddy. I, he had to do a drive-by that night, and I had to sell it to him. I need a piece now. No, man, you, you know the law. 30 days, brother, 30 days. You got to wait 30. Come on back. I'll, I'll sell you a piece then. Yeah. Yes, that's the level of, of absurdity these kind of laws produce. The article continues, I don't know why Durer chose to uh, chose not to introduce a simple shall issue bill in his first tranche of legislation. But my guess is that uh, is that will be included in the 10 bills that are still to come. In the meantime, legislation repealing the state's ban on large capacity magazines, the red flag law put in place four years ago and the utterly ridiculous one gun a month law are all welcome developments for New Jersey gun owners. 
farmers who live in a state that, despite the rulings in both Heller and McDonald, continues to act as if the Second Amendment simply doesn't exist. And yes, that's exactly how they act. New Jersey laws, taken in total, basically amount to a complete ban on the keeping and bearing of arms subject only to limited carve-outs and exceptions created by the state legislature. It sounds like Durer is ready to try to change status quo. You know, it's amazing. Again, I say, notice how we're trying hard to use the courts and go through the courts and do it the right way and do the right thing. In the meantime, all the citizens of New Jersey are bearing the indignity of the abuse of their rights. And that's what really just ticks me off no end. It really does. So I'm very happy that Mr. Durer is doing these things in New Jersey, that people in New Jersey need some relief. I'm also happy to see uh, what's going on in um, in uh, California out there. It's it kind of like, wow, where'd this breath of fresh air come from? It's pretty awesome. But in the meantime, on the federal level, we've got the ATF breathing out threatenings against us and being weaponized by the uh, Biden DOJ. By the way, they're under the spot, the, the, the auspices of the Department of Homeland Security now. You understand that, right? So the Department of, Department of Homeland Security is essentially the one being weaponized and all of its departments under them being weaponized against your right to keep and bear arms on the federal level. People, I'm going to, I'm going to say this again. You need to be active. Oh, Royce, you always go off on this. Yes, I, I do. Because so many of you are not active. Take an interest in your government because your, your government has certainly taken an interest in you. They've certainly taken an interest in squashing your rights. They've taken an interest in governing your rights and telling you how and when and where you can keep and bear arms. Your government is the one passing illegal laws against you, and you are complying with them, and you're not even fighting against them. And you know why they they think they're emboldened to pass more laws? Because a lot of people out there that are under the sound of my voice right now, and I'm talking to you. You haven't even been bold enough to challenge them to send your representatives a, an email or pick up the phone and call them. And it's just like, uh, like I, I've likened it to an abusive relationship before. We have an abusive spouse beating on the other spouse. They become emboldened when the first, when the, when the spouse doesn't press charges on them the first time or the second time or the third time. And they establish a precedent of compliance and acceptance. That's what we've allowed our government to do. We have given them carte blanche because we haven't been standing up to them. We haven't been in, we haven't been in contact with our government. We haven't told them flat out you're committing a crime when you enact and enforce these laws. And so the abuse continues, people. Be active, be involved, put your money where your mouth is. You call yourself a patriot, join one of these groups, join GOA. If you're in Florida, join Florida Carry also. Also join uh, Firearms Policy Coalition, join the Second Amendment Foundation. Why just be a, a member of one group? Let your money go to where it needs to go. Oh, that gets expensive, man. Oh, yeah, I know. A whopping 35 bucks per year per, uh, per political action group. Yeah. Well, you can, you spend more than that on ammo on a weekend shoot. Put your money where your mouth is. Pick up your phone. Join one of these groups. Make donations to them regularly. Why don't you go ahead and just make it part of your budget? How about budget 500 bucks a year for the fight? Hmm? Because you you do it with ammo, 
I mean, a thousand rounds of five five six right now is what five fifty six hundred bucks. None of us would blink twice about going and buying that. But oh, what I got to put money into this group so they can defend my rights? Yes. These guys are out there in the trenches, and they're battling it out for you. Be part of the action. They make, especially GOA, they make being in the fight easy. Join GOA as soon as you can. Gunowners.org. 35 bucks a year, man. Join. And send them a donation throughout the year, too. If you only want to join one group, join GOA. They're the ones that are really, really loud up there on Capitol Hill. They're the ones that get up there like pit bulls, and they don't let go until things are done. Yeah, matter of fact, go ahead and put a couple hundred bucks aside each year besides the $35 fee and get your butt in the fight. Because if you don't, I don't want to hear you complain one time when we wake up one day and we're having to fight literally with our guns to maintain the preservation of our rights. I'll see you back here on the next episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Special thanks to the gun site, Sigerman, Rocket Rod, Rao, Freedom Guns, and the American Police Hall of Fame for making this episode possible. I will see you back here on the next one. So remember, keep your powder dry. Keep your wits about you. Use your situational awareness. Start stocking up on ammo and canned goods, beans, bullets, and band-aids. And never forget, incoming rounds always have the right of way. Royce out. So turn it on.